Conversations with professionals for professionals in the laundry and linen services industry. This is the American Laundry News Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Matt Poe, editor of American Laundry News. This is episode 27 of the American Laundry News Podcast, Proper Laundry Equipment Usage. In this episode, we'll talk about ways to ensure your staff is properly using machinery to get the most life out of the equipment and your linens. My guest today is well-suited to discuss this topic. Keith Ware is Vice President of Sales for Equipment Manufacturer Lavatech Laundry Technology. Beyond his equipment sales experience, in the past 33 years, Keith has operated large industrial and multi-plant laundries, including the Walt Disney Company in Orlando, gaining working knowledge of every facet of laundry operations. Welcome to the podcast, Keith. Hey, welcome, everybody. Thanks. Glad to be here. So let's start out big picture. How would you define proper laundry equipment usage in general? Uh, that's an interesting question because there's so many little idiosyncrasies, but I would think it's making sure that what your equipment was sized and set up to do, that you were maximizing that to its most efficient, you know, utilizing the equipment to its best ability. So now how about talk a little bit about the types of equipment usage needs that you hear about most often? Sure. I think right now the number one request we have is without enlarging our plant, how can we get more capacity? That decision is based upon what capacity do you need? When we design a plant or I work with somebody on a plant, we normally get, we do 10 million pounds a year or 7 million pounds a year. And we normally say, we don't care. How many pounds do you want to build this laundry to do per hour? Because that's what you have to design for. You know, if you need 3,000 pounds per hour or 10,000 pounds per hour, that's what we design the plant to. And then once you design to that, the only thing you're limited by is if you want to run a 16-hour day, that's your capacity. If you want to run an eight-hour day, that's your capacity. Not as much in healthcare, but especially in hospitality, seasonality, 50% of your volume may happen in three, four months out of the year. So averaging out and saying, well, we only need to do so many pounds a year, we're much more concerned with how many pounds do you do per hour. And once we get that number, we then go back and look at what do we have to sort, what's the product breakdown in terms of uh, washed conditions going straight to the ironer, going straight to the dryers. I think we always say, and I think every time you talk to any equipment vendor, there's usually never enough dryers in most laundries. That's one sometimes where people sort of take the shortcut. Mm, okay. And we try to size to the maximum number of dryers. And then I always put what I call the hard truth of reality. You know, you can read the brochures of any manufacturer and you think that they're going to cure, you know, the machines are going to cure cancer for you. But <laughs> in reality... What it really is, is what's reality when you buy it? If you get a feeder that says it can do 1,600 pieces an hour with three people, can your feeders feed at that rate eight hours a day continuously? If not, then what you have to do is put in that realistic number. And we normally can get input from the operators when you say, you're putting this on your head. You're taking it to your leadership to ask for this piece of equipment. They're going to look at a return on investment. You need to be realistic, not optimistic. It's looking at it from almost uh, an industrial engineer's perspective where there is stretch time. They call it scratching time. There's just daydream time. There's also machine downtime. When you factor that in, that's very important. We've also seen, I'd say in the last four or five years, 
in the hospitality side. Everybody used to say a dryer was, yeah, 65% full dry, 35% conditioned or straight to the iron. Well, as hotels have gone more to an every three-day sheet change, you're now seeing those numbers sometimes at 75, 80% because you're not changing the sheets very often. More so in a longer stay property, if it's an airport hotel or a business hotel where people are in one or two nights, you don't get quite the impact, but that's getting with the end user and knowing exactly what their product mix is to design properly for it. Because I've always said, there's no sense in spending a million dollars on a tunnel system or on three big washer extractors if you don't have enough dryers, because then all you did is put a carburetor, basically, and you've now slowed your machine down because it can't go through the rest of the system. It sounds like the type of laundry really does make a difference when it comes to proper usage, either in OPL or industrial, and then also the the market that you're oh, into. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you're an OPL, you're going to have to look at the instant needs of what the property is. Also, most OPLs we find, whether it's a hospital or a hotel, tend to go with lower uh, PAR levels. So you tend to be turning that linen at a faster pace. That seems like for the hotel, hey, we're not spending money on linens, but you're actually wearing your linens out faster because linen doesn't matter the number of days that a piece of linen is in the system. How many times did it go through the wash process? Now, if you're a large commercial laundry, depending upon whether you're COG or rental, so you have a little bit more control. Right. So let's shift a little bit here to look a little bit more at the equipment itself. And what recommendations do you often make in terms of fine-tuning specific equipment? What are the people are asking for to make it work more efficiently? I don't know if you want to say fine-tuning because normally when the equipment is delivered, I mean, on a folder or a feeder, there is some tweaking in terms of pressure, making sure that the speeds are correct, that um, your vacuums may be working or your air blasts are correct. A lot of times when we say fine-tuning, it's we're coming in, talking with the team and saying, you haven't maintained the equipment at the level you should have. I get a lot of calls about, hey, my dryers are you know, taking 35 minutes to dry. We send a technician out there. You open up the dryer, and 70% of the dryer is covered with plastic. You're, you're talking a little bit more about the maintenance is really what is the, the key. The preventive part. maintenance. What we'll do is when we come in, you know, we'll double-check that water flows are being monitored properly, that the press, that the hydraulic oil is correct, the timing is correct. If it's a wash extractor, are all the water valves, the drain valves working properly? We always have the ability to say, look, you know, your chemical vendor had too much water, we think, in this. We're not chemical experts, but we say, you know, we should have a 12 or 13-inch water level. They got a 16-inch. Reducing that by a couple inches not only saves you operational time, but it's also saving you on water consumption. When we see customers that we hear a lot, well, I didn't put as much in the washer because I wanted the linen to come clean. We try to correct them and say, basically, by not, if you take that washer, it's only half full. The rest of that space is being filled up by water instead of the linen. So what you end up doing is diluting your chemicals, and it doesn't come cleaner. You have to have it's an, it's an equal balance. On ironers and such, one thing we do a lot is we'll come in the plants and we'll actually tell them to slow the ironers down. 
and they sort of look at us like, are, are you out of your mind? I need more linen. And we say, well, here on your napkins, you got a five, six foot gap between every napkin. Slow it down. You'll get better quality, get better drying. And as long as the machine is keeping up with the pace of the feeder, you're fine. Sometimes it's counterintuitive. And then, of course, it's making sure they, they learn how to wax properly. A lot of times you'll see some places will overwax. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll put way too much wax on. Or I've walked into a plant and they said, our engineers told us we only need to wax our anchors once a week. And you say, well, that's why you're having quality problems. There's not enough lubrication in the iron. When you say fine tuning, it's a bit of you know making sure that it matches with what the product is going through and it matches with the skill level of the people. So it's sort of that communication. And then a lot of times it's going in and talking with the client or going in and observing. Many times I've walked in and they said, we can't get the work through our washers. We need more washers. And they may have six or seven fairly good sized 254 to 50 pound washers. And they've got one guy loading and unloading them. And I said, by the time he gets to the first one, he gets his way all the way down. It's taken him an hour and a half. So you've got all these washers sitting. That's an extra person. Now you'll get those turned twice as fast. And I don't think you need additional equipment. You want to make sure that they understand what's causing their problem. It's not just the simple, I need bigger machines or more machines. Sometimes it's the way you're you're operating. That kind of goes into what I want to talk a little bit about next is the staff of a laundry. And it sounds also talking a little bit with supervisors. What are your recommendations for training employees to help them use equipment properly? I think too often, uh, I think we've, we sort of rush the training process. You know, if you're a laundry and you bring that new hire on, usually the first day or two, they're not even really out on the equipment. You're putting them through all their right to know, their hazard communication, and so on. So, of course, so what do you want to do? You want to get them out there and get them going. And a lot of times what you'll do is you'll stick them with a person on the ironer or the folder and say, here, show them what to do. Although you're going through the mechanical motions of grab the sheet, put it in, hit the button, you really need to explain to the employees the entire process of what they're doing. Here's what you do. Here's what happens. If this happens, you know, it's almost as though you want to run them through scenarios of here's what something happens because some plants have done very well where the employees have the skill level if a sheet or something gets jammed in the ironer. They're capable of taking care of that problem and getting back to work. In other plants where they've more or less said, nope, you don't need to do that, the ironer jams. Well, the employees are standing around for 10 minutes till a maintenance guy gets there to unjam it. Right. And it takes him 30 seconds to unjam it. Why didn't you train that person? You know, it's easy to look at one thing and say, oh, that's causing all my problems. There may be 50 things we're going to do that will all add up to making your plant better. And that's what we're going to focus on. There were times you could walk in and say, all right, you got 450 pound machines, you're loading to 250 pounds and you can't get the work through. That's a simple fix, but it's all the other little things you have to sort of pay attention to. And like I said, it could be 50 things to get you where you need to be. There's usually not one big major thing, you know, unless a piece of equipment is broken or goes down. Most of it's that, like you said, that fine tuning of each step of the process. What's interesting is on, you know, the way a person feeds an ironer or the way they feed a folder. I used to be a believer they have to do it this way. Well, what works best for that individual person, as long as it's safe, you sort of let them do it because they're the ones working on that machine eight hours a day, five days a week for some of the last five to 10 years. They know more about the best way for them to feed. Now, if they're not hitting their numbers, then maybe it's a re-education, but it's utilizing what skills they have to do it. 
All right. Well, one more question for you before we wrap up. Sure. Um, just a broad general question here. If you were speaking with a laundry manager right now, what would you want to be sure they understood about proper laundry equipment usage? Once again, I would say make sure you operate your laundry in the way it was designed. If you design that laundry to be able to handle 3,000 pounds an hour, you don't take your foot off the gas. You've got to go for that 3,000 pounds an hour. And if for some reason it's not working and you're trying to hit your numbers, that's when you have to come back and take a look at those numbers. And was the equipment sized right? Do you have proper temperatures? Do you have proper water volume? So it's understanding all those little idiosyncrasies and working with not just your management team, your hourly employees, your engineers, but don't be afraid to call in the equipment manufacturers or a consultant to kind of say, hey, we've done everything we can. We need that little bit of fine tuning. Even if you look at the professional sports athletes, they're at the top of their game. They're some of the best in the world, but they all still have coaches. And you need to kind of use your your fellow teammates, talk with other laundry workers. They can help you be that somebody you can bounce stuff off because none of us have all the answers. We all like to think we do, but we try to take what we have and grab somebody that has a skill set that we don't have to try to make it better. But I think the key that every manager should do is if you're not monitoring every step of the process and just hoping it's going to happen, it's not. You have to really, how many pounds do you want to sort an hour? How many pieces do you want to feed? How many loads do you want to do per hour per washer? It's those things that when you track them, you can sort of see the data metrics of we're doing something right, and here we're doing something wrong, and then you focus on what you can fix. All right. Well, Keith, thanks for sharing your expertise with us today. Not a problem. And thank you for listening. For the American Laundry News Podcast, this is Matt Poe reminding everybody to keep it clean. The American Laundry News Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazine's LLC in Chicago. The music, titled Holding On, composed by Poddington Bear, is supplied through the Free Music Archive. For more information about future podcasts, visit our website at AmericanLaundryNews.com or consult The Wire, our weekly e-newsletter. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay informed about these podcasts, along with news and information from around the industry. This has been the American Laundry News Podcast. Mm-hmm.